At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Good morning. Welcome to Point Spread Sunday here on VSEN, the sports betting network, where today we have figured out the Stanley Cup finals. We'll discuss that as well. we got a full slate of Major League Baseball, a swing game five in the NBA finals, and a whole lot more. I'm Mark Zeno. Welcome and happy Sunday, everybody. Appreciate you making Point Spread Sunday part of your daily listening and watching experience. We've got so many great guests coming up. Mitch Lawrence will go of SiriusXM and Mad Dog Radio. We'll talk NBA finals with him, Darren McCarty for Major League Baseball, and Jeff Diamond, uh, as we will get a little NFL discussion in. We'll continue our NFL game that we played yesterday of when certain teams will lose their first game. We've got a lot to do here. We're with you until 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. And again, appreciate you guys making Point Spread Sunday part of your weekend experience. First, let's start with the closeout of the Eastern Conference Finals Game 6 last night between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Rangers. And it was as tight as we expected. We called the under yesterday on the show uh, and and looked at uh, other ways to bet this game. But it was manifestly the Tampa Bay Lightning headed to their third straight Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, and it was as good of a game as the Rangers could have played. And it kind of went down exactly the way you expected it to go uh, as they have a scoreless first period. Tampa Bay heads into the third period with a one nothing lead. And then the Rangers tie it up with just over about 13, or I should say seven minutes left, rather, uh, in the third period. And then all but... 15 seconds later, <laughs> or 20 seconds later, I should say, uh, Steven Stamkos scores his second goal of the night, and uh, Tampa Bay takes a 2-1 lead not to be undone. Uh, we talked yesterday on the show on Point Spread Saturday about playing the Lightning, 
uh, minus the one and a half for the value that you were getting. And it was it, the, the the handicap was right. The logic was right. Just didn't come to fruition as they don't get the empty net goal. But it's exactly what we said going into it, hoping that Tampa Bay was up by a goal uh, late in the third period and an empty netter would have made the difference. But nonetheless, you know, you got great co- goaltending between Andre Vasilevsky and Igor Shesterkin, and it was a fantastic game to watch. It was certainly f- full of tension and everything else, but it was the Tampa Bay Lightning moving on, and they'll face the Colorado Avalanche uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. As a fan, I kind of want to see Tampa Bay win their third straight. I am a huge fan of dynasties. Uh, I think they're great for sports. I think whenever you have a team like that and everybody wants to knock that team off, it makes the game's so much more interesting to see who's going to be able to do it and take them out at the top of the mountain. So I'm kind of, as a fan, pulling for the uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning to win their third straight Stanley Cup, although it won't be easy against this Colorado Avalanche team that is so good offensively and so good defensively. We'll start to look forward to game one coming up later on in the show. We had some amazing golf yesterday as well because it was a – uh, fantastic third round at the RBC Canadian Open. Rory McIlroy, a co-leader with Tony Finau, heading into this final Sunday here uh, of the RBC Canadian Open. And prior to the show, we were discussing some ways to bet this thing because it is a very crowded field at the top. You have seven, or I should say eight different golfers, rather, all within four strokes of the lead heading into this Sunday. Um, and you have Wyndham Clark, Alex Smalley, Sam Burns, J- and Justin Thomas, JT, all two strokes off the pace, and then Austin Cook and Jim Nouse at seven under, four strokes off the lead. And if you look at the golfers, and this is the way I would play today, uh, and it's hard to bet against Rory, right? I mean, he is a odds-on favorite at plus 155 um, to take this thing home. Tony Finau at plus 280. Justin Thomas at plus 470. How can you turn down those odds uh, for Justin Thomas when he is just two strokes off the pace? Now, the way I would look at this from a value standpoint, heading into – this Sunday, there's only a handful of guys of golfers to this point that have really put together three consistent rounds or have played three rounds in the 60s. McElroy is one of them. You look at Alex Smalley, Sam Burns. There are two more. Uh, Justin Thomas is one. Uh, and then you have to kind of go down all the way down to Shane Lowry, by the way, who is who's carted three rounds in the 60s as well. But there's not a lot of guys out there that have done it. And, and you want to see if you can finish and find the guy who's going to get four rounds in the sixties, because in reality with there's so many being so many golfers at the top of this thing within two to four strokes of the lead, the golfer who shoots 70 today is probably going to be on the outside looking in, right? Par is likely not going to be a good enough number to win today. So you're going to have to find a golfer who could put together a round in the sixties. And there's some value there. Sam Burns at plus plus six fifty, Alex Smalley at plus 1600. Those are the two names of two guys who have put two rounds together or three rounds together, all in the 60s, and they're just two strokes off the lead. You can really find some value with those guys. And even Jim Nouse, who shot 67, 67, and 69 here, uh, what a what a long shot he is at plus 15,000 uh, if you really want to take a long shot uh, to go try to take this thing over. Even Shane Lowry is plus 10,000, another guy who's put three rounds together in the 60s. But do you really believe that those kind of guys can put rounds together in the 60s. Even Finau, who was in second place yesterday, fired a 62. Just what an unbelievable third round. The only reason he's even in contention at this point to climb near the top of the leaderboard. Can he finally get over the hump? And uh, 
I shouldn't say finally. Vafine has won some tournaments before, but nonetheless, after a sixty, a seventy-one in round two, a sixty-two in round three has put him in contention for this thing. So, should be a lot of fun to watch the final round of the RBC Canadian Open. Certainly, a, a lot of options out there for you to play going forward. And then finally, last night UFC two seventy-five, uh, an instant classic between Glover Teixeira. And Jiri Prochaka, as uh, Prochaka gets the rear naked choke with just 28 seconds left in the fifth round. Both of these fighters were bloodied. Both of these fighters at, at, at times throughout the fight uh, really had some semblance of control over their opponent. Uh, it was, as I said, an instant classic. There was some great punching power um, from from both of these guys, from Prochaka, who, who hit, you know, beat up on Teixeira throughout the periods of that fight and, and almost knocked him out several times. It's amazing sometimes when these guys take it on the chin as hard as they do that they're able to keep standing. Um, but it was one of those deals where, uh, you know, if Teixeira had just sort of stayed away in the final minute of the fight and let the, the clock run out, uh, he'd probably still be holding the belt right now. There are, are, are several people who were saying that, that Teixeira would have held on uh, and, and won the fight on points with a split decision uh, going into the fifth round. Mike, <clears throat> excuse me, Michael Bell, one of the judges, had it tied at 38-38. Ben Cartledge had to share up 39-37, and um, Clemens Warner had to share ahead 38-37. So uh, at a minimum, it would have been a split decision, but if not, you know, it would have been a split draw um, with possibly to share retaining the title, depending on how. They scored that final round, but you know, again, Teixeira was fantastic through the entire fight, and it looked like early he was going to sort of win the fight over Prochaka. He had superior grappling and, and wrestling, uh, and I think Teixeira sort of just relied on that a little bit too much heading into that final round um, as he took Prochaka down several times in the first round and, and got some hard shots in, but Prochaka was able to you know, just continue to fight back, and you look in the middle rounds, it was the pure punching power of Prochaka that really kind of allowed him to stay in that fight um, and landed some big punches, some knees and some ground and pound with Teixeira on the mat uh, throughout the middle rounds of the fight. So again, it was an instant classic and uh, it was, it was just a lot of fun to watch. Uh, and now you get, you get Prashaka who gets the belt and and we'll see what happens from here. Teixeira says he's not done uh, for a guy who's that old and still able to, to hang in those fights has been pretty impressive to watch to say the least. Finally, yesterday to recap uh, the Belmont stakes, Mo Donegal, takes it uh, in, in pretty impressive fashion. Rich Strike was not, uh, looked like the 80-1 long shot we saw in the Kentucky Derby all race long. I think um, Rich Strike probably tried to to lay at the back of the pack a little too long and, and, and should have made a move earlier and might have had a better chance to to represent himself. But nonetheless, Mo Donegal uh, and We the People ran a really good race, but that's typically what happens in the Belmont. Uh, that's a horse that led through the full mile of a mile and a half race. And then once you got to the top of the stretch, uh, that horse ran out of gas and it was pretty apparent. Um, as soon as they tried to find another gear when Mo Donegal pushed, we, the people, it just wasn't there. And Donegal runs away with it at the end. And it wasn't a, a particularly, you know, spectacular race by anybody. It was, it was just kind of how you went, expected it to go. Uh, the pace wasn't grueling at all. They, they, you know, they, the, I think the final time was 2:28 for Mo Donegal, so uh, nothing that was all that impressive to say the least. But still, uh, you get the winner of the Belmont Stakes, and Mo Donegal as uh, one of the favorites ends up taking home um, the Belmont Stakes. So uh, Triple Crown season over onto the Breeders' Cup there, and again 
Uh, congratulations to Mo Donegal, that entire training staff. And uh, it was a one-two finish, actually, um, for the owner of Mo Donegal. And so uh, not a huge payout by any stretch of the imagination for either one of those horses, but still uh, something worth uh, worth noting here. All right, we've got a lot to do here on Point Spread Sunday. I was going to say Point Spread Saturday. We did that yesterday. It is Point Spread Sunday. Uh, and we will get into Major League Baseball. Of course, we got Game 5 of the NBA Finals coming up. We'll break that down, and I'm still trying to figure out where I'm going to land on this thing. Uh, honestly, I was going over it last night and looking at some of the numbers, and uh, it's been really tough to figure out how this Game 5 is going to go. Uh, you have Golden State now up to a four-point favorite in a total of 212 uh, in that game, and and things have sort of flip-flopped back and forth Um when you look at the series and the way it's broken down so far. So we'll take a deeper dive into that. As I said, we'll also look at game one of the Stanley Cup finals between the Avalanche and Tampa Bay Lightning and some early reactions to that series going forward. Uh, we've got a whole slate of Major League Baseball to get to. We hit some good ones yesterday, missed out on some other ones. So we'll recap that as well when we come back and we'll look at some of the plays that I have for today. And of course, by the end of the show, if you're still with us, near 10 a.m. Eastern. I'll recap all my final plays for this Sunday, as we always do here on Point Spread Sunday. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Uh, appreciate the uh, interaction and certainly the conversation with everybody. And we will get to Major League Baseball when we come back. I'm Mark Zinno. This is Point Spread Sunday here on Beeson, the sports betting network. More to come here on this Sunday morning. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to Beeson with At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
as someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. The VEASAN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you can get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with some of the best betting content in the business right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's Daily Best Bets in Major League Baseball. Jonathan Von Tobel will have the best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil will break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Plus, we'll have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, NASCAR, and more. And if you want the full decent experience, which features a Daily Best Bets email, every edition of Points Spread Weekly, use our betting tools like the Splits, live video stream wherever you want it. The cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. You can sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on vcin, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zeno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We will talk with Mitch Lawrence coming up here uh, in about 15 minutes or so as we go over the NBA Finals Game 5 coming up tomorrow night. Extra days rest for both of these teams as the series shifts back to California uh, and the Chase Center, uh, the old Oracle building, if you will, between Golden State and Boston Celtics, uh, a four-point dog in this game with a total of 212. So we'll look deeper into that game coming up here in about 15 minutes or so. At the bottom of the hour, final segment here before uh, the end of the first hour, I should say, we'll get back into a segment we did yesterday. If you missed it, just a quick recap, we'll look at some three different NFL teams and the odds of when they'll likely lose their first game. Yesterday, we had some fun with Green Bay, the Rams, and Tampa Bay uh, of when they could possibly lose their first game. It's an interesting prop bet out there. You kind of got to do some forecasting here. Again, this isn't about covering a number. It's just about who is going to be their first loss on their schedule. So we got three more teams today that we'll take a look at uh, as we get ready for the NFL season. All right, let's get back to Major League Baseball. Uh, yesterday gave out two under winners that ended up coming in. Tor- Toronto Detroit goes under, uh, as does um, the Yankees and the Cubs, but we lose our first inning bet between Arizona and Philadelphia, uh, our first inning under, I should say, and the Cubs and Yankees. And I'm starting with the Cubs and the Yankees because I really want to run this first inning bet back. Uh, I think that it's one of those situations where the handicap was right. The result was wrong. It's one bad pitch to Aaron judge. And all of a sudden it's a one, nothing lead for the Yankees. And by the way, he is just an absolute monster. What do you, I mean, there, there's, I, there's nothing I enjoy more than watching an athlete turn down a contract and then go out and have a monster year in a contract year. Um, 
because it's just kind of fun to watch the players stick it to the owners in that sense. Right. Judge is having a year right now. And again, we're only two full months into the season. There's a lot that could go down. But if Judge stays healthy, I mean, we're back into having those discussions that we had in the late 90s and early 2000s about every time one of these home run guys got on a certain pace, it was, oh, boy, are they going to catch, you know, Bonds? Are they going to catch, well, you know, it used to be, uh, I guess, Ruth back in the day or Aaron, whatever it may be. But you get the point. So nonetheless, um, we're going to go back to the first inning under. Uh, between the Yankees and Cubs. We get the same price we got yesterday at minus 102. James Tyone goes on the mound for the Yankees. We know all the reasons why the Yankees are likely not to give up a first-inning run here. Number one team in Major League Baseball. They didn't give up a run yesterday. They're at 15% of the time they allow their opponents to score. Keegan Thompson is going for the Chicago Cubs. Now, he's made six starts this year. He's a starter slash reliever. He's flip-flopped between back and forth between both roles. In his six starts, he's only was touched up in the first inning one time. And I actually like these spots when relievers make spot starts or do that as far as the first inning under is concerned or the no-run first inning prop. Why? Because relievers approach things differently mentally than starters do. Starters' mentality is that they're going to be in the game five, six, seven innings. It's a long haul. If they have an early mistake, they can overcome it. That's not the way relievers approach it. Relievers are a quick hit them and out, right? I mean, it's it, their 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 best stuff comes at the very very top. Whereas starters like to think they get better as the game goes along. Relievers are geared up for one inning, maybe one inning plus, and then they're out of there. So their mentality just generally is is give me my best stuff at the front, and I'll throw as hard as I can for as long as I can uh, until somebody comes to get me. Well, I like that approach here, and I'm hopeful that. Again, they just don't make a mistake to Judge or Stanton. And because the price is where it is, I don't mind running this back again uh, as a no-run first inning or under a half run of the first inning between the Yankees and uh, and, and the Chicago Cubs. Another thing I really want to run back today, uh, and I haven't played it yet, but I've looked at it, and, and I want to take the plus one and a half on the Arizona Diamondbacks, going to fade the streak, so to speak. We talked about it yesterday. The Phillies have now won nine in a row. The Braves have now run won 10 in a row. I'm not going to get involved in the Braves Pirates today because Kyle Wright is going for the Braves. We'll get to him in just a minute. Um, and he's their best pitcher, at least statistically, this year. But I don't mind backing Arizona again at plus one and a half on the run line simply because Ranger Suarez is starting for Philadelphia. Uh, he has got terrible numbers. He's got a 4.42 ERA. He's got a whip near 1.5. Uh, and this is a spot here where he can get beat up by Arizona, who's starting Kyle Nelson, 2.04 ERA, a whip at one. I'm getting a much better starting pitcher here, uh, and I'll take the plus one and a half on the run line again. I haven't officially fired on it yet, but I like the number that I'm getting. Plus one and a half, minus 113 I'm seeing here on FanDuel right now. So the numbers are in our favor to take the the plus one and a half. That's the most profitable bet in baseball. I got a little bit more research to do, but I saw it and I feel like I could run it back again with uh, with Arizona. So by the final segment of the show, I promise I'll have an answer for you guys on that. All right. A couple of the games I'm looking at today uh, and I'm not a huge fan of strikeout props, but there is some favorable numbers here. Go to Cleveland and Oakland. This is this Peacock game, this early game that starts here at 1130 Eastern. So just three hours, a little more than three hours from now. Cal Quantrill of the Cleveland Guardians, over four and a half Ks, a moderate price at minus 110. He's gotten to five Ks in three of his last six starts. Now, two of the times he did not get there, 
You face the White Sox and the Astros. Both of those teams are top six in lowest strikeouts per game in Major League Baseball. Oakland has the fifth highest strikeout per game number on the road this year at nine and a half strikeouts per game. Again, we get four and a half. The real question is, is with these Peacock games, how many games, how many runs are going to be scored early on uh, and how long can Quantrill last in the game? You get the sense if he can get to five, he should be okay here getting over this four and a half number. As I said, you get that moderate price at minus 110 here, uh, and I feel like we're in a good spot. And let's just see what Quantrill can do. No, oh, by the way, I, I kind of wanted to take the under in this game between these two teams. Um, the, you know, these early games, sometimes I feel like it, it just lends to the under. Uh, Cole Irvin starts for the Athletics. They've lost five straight starts that Curl Cole Irvin has been on the mound for. He hasn't taken a loss in all but one of them. Uh, and his numbers are really good, actually when you dive into it over the last five starts that Oakland has lost, but still felt like an under game to me. I just didn't like the number at under eight. If he eight and a half might've been a little bit more favorable for me, but we'll roll a Quantrill here on his K prop at over five and a half. I mentioned Kyle Wright going for the Atlanta Braves against the Pittsburgh pirates. Um, I don't mind actually again here, even though it's not a favorable play Atlanta minus one and a half is at minus one eighteen. Uh, I'm seeing right, right, right now, I don't think it's a bad play given the fact that it's Kyle Wright and he's been so good at home this year. He's been even better during the day than he has been at night. Braves trying to go for another sweep when they're 11th in a row. Uh, Jose Quintana starts for Pittsburgh here, but I'm going to look at uh, Kyle Wright's K prop. It's a high number at over six and a half, but we're getting plus money at plus 104. Now, Kyle Wright's only gone over this number two times since April, where he started out really hot. However, Pittsburgh has averaged over 10 strikeouts per game on the road this year. That is the most in Major League Baseball. They averaged 10 and a half strikeouts per game on the road. Uh, and again, Kyle Wright has been a good strikeout pitcher this year. He's averaging more than one strikeout per inning on the season. He's done much better at home. His splits at home have been much better than they have been on the road. I'll try to take advantage of that spot here, getting plus money on a K prop. I never think is a bad way to go. Uh, it is very, very high for him to get the seven strikeouts, but we can roll the dice here, uh, given the fact that Pittsburgh is one of the highest K rate teams in Major League Baseball. And I just mentioned their their strikeout rate or their strikeouts per game rather on the road this year, worst in Major League Baseball. Uh, one other quick game that I had my eye on. It's a little juicy for me. But I looked at the Dodgers in San Francisco. You get Carlos Rodon starting for the Giants against Jose Urias of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the first five under four and a half is juiced at about minus 145. Uh, and it is very much a juicy price that I normally don't like to pay. But given these two starters, they had a low scoring game yesterday. Uh, I feel like we might be able to escape here in the first five innings. Um, even though the juice is a lot higher normally than what I'd want to pay in any given spot. I like the two starters here. feel like I can work around that. All right, coming up next, uh, we are going to get into the NBA Finals. Game 5, Mitch Lawrence, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Radio going to join us right here to break down this swing game in the NBA Finals. That's coming up next on Point Spread Sunday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zuno. Stay with us. More to come. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. 
Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VEASANT, the sports betting network. Uh, we will get back into our Major League Baseball picks before the end of the show, and we will also dive into Game 1 of the NHL Stanley Cup Finals coming up between the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. We'll get into some NFL coming up here in a little more than 15 minutes as well. But let's turn our attention here to Game 5 of the NBA Finals and welcome in from Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio. It is Mitch Lawrence joining us here on Point Spread Sunday. Mitch, good morning and welcome. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Oh, we are doing well. I'm I'm conflicted on game five here. Uh, I hate betting against the Golden State Warriors at home, but I have a Boston Celtics team that is 7-0 straight up in ATS this year after a loss in this NBA postseason. And I feel like taking the points is the right side here, but it's just really tough not to back Golden State at home when they've only lost 10 games there this year. Right, and you figure, I mean, how many times can Boston win out there? They've already won one game. I don't know if they're going to win uh, any more out there. Of course, they have to. It kind of feels, though, doesn't it feel like the series is not 2-2? It's still 2-2. I mean, Boston threw away an amazing chance to take a 3-1 series lead with that inept yeah. offense that was totally brain-dead in the last five minutes of uh, Game 4. Uh, I still can't explain it from the Boston standpoint. Sometimes they happen to do that. They go into, you know, just shooting threes and hero ball. But it was a bad ending, and it'll be interesting to see if they've kind of forgotten about it, if they can forget about that. And, you know, remember that it is still only 2-2. They have to win one game out there, and it better be this one because I don't see them winning a game seven. And, by the way, you're up to date more on this than I am. What is the point spread for game five? Um, Golden State's laying four. Uh, It opened up at three and a half, and I I assume the public has been running – to bet Golden State at home, which I, I totally understand. Yeah. Um, and the spread yeah. is not better than any game. The the winner, the outright winner has either covered the spread or was a dog. Yeah. So the spread has not played into any of this. You know, Mitch, the biggest issue for the Boston Celtics has been the turnovers. And it's a clear line of demarcation. Yeah. Yep. 15 more turnovers, they're one and six straight yeah. up this postseason. When they have 14 or less, they're 13 and two. So yeah. and the hard part, and I said this yesterday, I can't predict when they're going to lose a ball out of bounds. I can't predict when someone's going to you know, <laughs> steal a ball. Like it's an impossible thing to figure right. out. Turnovers well, are not predictive. So how does yeah. Boston do a better job of taking care of the basketball? Yeah, that's the big question. Here's the thing you have to remember, though. You would figure the deeper they go into their first finals, nobody here has been in the finals for Boston while Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green have combined. They each have over 30 games of final experience. I would think that that would weigh on Boston. And I would tend to think, yes, they would be more prone to throwing the ball away because as the series gets tighter and it can't get any tighter than it is now, three, uh, excuse me, 2-2, two, two, and they're on the road, you would think that final, that lack of finals experience would come to the fore as it did as we saw uh, at the end of game four. Turnovers were not the problem there. It was just bad offense, 
where they didn't get the ball to Tatum enough, where they just shot and threw up threes. Only Al Horford made a shot in the last five minutes. So I would tend to think that although Boston has shown a tremendous amount of resiliency in the playoffs, now for the first time in a finals for all these guys, yeah, I would tend to to think that there will be some moments where Marcus Smart and these other guys are going to throw the ball away and this is going to cause their downfall. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that here in Game 5. Let's turn our attention to sort of a uh, a little bit of an MVP conversation here, but it also dovetails on Jason Tatum's really kind of below-average shooting in this uh, NBA Finals series. You know, you look at him and – uh, uh, Jalen Brown's numbers, they're pretty identical, except, you know, Jason Tatum shooting like 38% and uh, Jalen Brown shooting like 44%. And so uh, it, it speaks to me that, you know, when I'm looking at an MVP prop that I would put the money on Jalen Brown just because I'm getting better value. But is it one of those things right. from a game standpoint that if Tatum doesn't start to shoot better, you know, it, 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 not that he's hurting his team, but missing those shots really has been a huge thing for them. Yeah, well, he hasn't hurt his team as much as Draymond Green has hurt the Warriors. Well, that's true. Draymond, <laughs> obviously, with, with more with more fouls than points. But you have to remember, Jalen Brown isn't seeing the type of defensive coverages that Tatum's running into. I mean, Golden State's really loading up for him. Besides Andrew Wiggins doing an excellent job, they've always had other defenders in the paint who are basically focused on stopping him and not worrying about other Boston players. Jalen Brown doesn't have to put up with that. Tatum's problem, too, as Ime Odoka talked about, is he's hunting out fouls, so he's not taking, he's looking for contact rather than just taking the ball strong. And, uh, you know, there are other, other things at play, too. So, listen, we all know that you have to win the championship to be the finals MVP. There's only been one player from a losing team in all the years of the finals that they've had a finals MVP who's won the MVP in a losing situation. That was Jerry West a long time ago. I'd always argue LeBron was still my MVP back in 2015, the year that Iguodala won it, but LeBron's team only won two games, whereas West's team went down in Game 7. So, you know, I'm looking at it as I still think it's going to be Jason Tatum who you have to go with for a Finals MVP because, first of all, that means Boston has to win, and then you would figure that Jason Tatum over probably the next three games or two games, you know, somehow if it's a two-game situation, two wins in a row for Boston – um, he would be the guy who would step to the four. He would have to have the big nights and not Jalen Brown. That's the way it looks like to me. All right. You did bring up uh, Draymond Green. I'll ask you about him because he's not going to get benched. But if you're Steve Kerr, Mitch, uh, do you start to limit his minutes because of how, you know, in effect, I think he's six for 26 shooting in the series. It's been bad. Yeah. Well, first of all, he wasn't benched the other night because although he sat for, what, four or five minutes in the fourth quarter, he did come yeah. back. Technically, you know, benching is when you're pulled and then you, you're basically you put on your warm-ups or you can go to the showers. Your night is over. Steve Kerr <laughs> put him back in, and Jamin actually made a couple of big plays down the stretch. He had a big offensive rebound, uh, big assist. Um, but, yeah, his offense has been dreadful. I mean, look, I'm from afar, just the 30,000-foot view of this whole thing is everybody wants to talk about him being a cinch to be in the Hall of Fame. Name me another guy who's a Hall of Famer who got yo-yoed in and out of the game for offense, defense, because he was so ineffective and his team was basically playing four-on-five at offense. I know he's got credentials in this day and age where the bar has been lowered significantly to make the Hall of Fame. To me, he's not a Hall of Fame player. And the number one reason is 
first thing you got to do in my mind to make the Hall of Fame is you got to put the ball in the basket. That's the whole thing of the sport. That's the number one, you know, what, what is the, I don't care what metric he uses. It's a sport based on putting the ball in the basket, and he just can't shoot. And uh, what is, you know, so, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think Steve Kerr is going to limit his minutes. I think what Steve Kerr is just going to hope for is that Draymond Green can be as productive as he can be in terms of running the offense and also setting the tone defensively because they do need him out there. But, you know, the amazing thing is that he's played so poorly. Clay Thompson is still trying to find his shot. I don't know last time Clay Thompson strung together a couple of baskets in a row. Uh, he's still really, really bad at the offensive end in a lot of ways, although he had some moments in the fourth quarter tonight. And yet Golden State is here at 2-2 because Steph Curry played had what had to be his best game, considering they're, they're looking at a 3-1 deficit, considering it's on the road, considering you know everything that goes into what it takes to win a title. And Steph Curry just played maybe his best game of his life in those playoffs as we saw in Game 4, maybe his best game in the finals. Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I'm worried about in Game 5 for Golden State. Like, it, it, Steph, it carried them. I mean, there was no reason legitimately Golden State wins that game. If Steph if Steph only has a 35-point night, they might not win that game, right? Like, I mean, it it, it, yeah, it just yeah. felt that way, um, that every time he touched the ball, every bucket mattered. And Boston has really figured out a way to limit Golden State shooting. Remember, Mitch, this is a team that came into the final shooting 49% from the field this postseason. They're down to 45. Now, that's not a terrible number by yeah. any stretch, but – when you lose 4% in your Golden State, that's a lot of scoring you're leaving on the floor. Yeah, you just, I mean, listen, uh, I wouldn't put it past Steph Curry to have an, another game like he had the other night, especially at home. I don't know if he could do it again in Boston, but he seems to be kind of locked in. He's had a phenomenal series. Right now, it is his finals MVP trophy. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Of course, Golden State's going to still have to win this thing, but the way he's shooting, and he's obviously... You know, the, the thing that the stark thing that really stands out is that Boston has nobody, Tatum, Brown, you name it, nobody who can elevate their game to match Curry. Every time Curry walks on the floor, he is the best player, the best scorer, the most dangerous player. Um, and, you know, like I said, we'll see how it all plays out, but don't put it past him the way he is on a mission here. And I'm not saying he has to validate anything by winning a finals MVP. On his tombstone, it's going to be written, he's the greatest long-distance shooter in the history of the sport. Ever. But have another couple of big games like that would really help the cause. All right. Mitch, we got to run, bud. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Yep. All right. More to come here. NFL next on Point Spread Sunday. We'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSEN.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving in every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter better all year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Mark Zinno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. We will get back into Major League Baseball coming up here right after the top of the hour uh, as we will be joined by Derek McCarty, uh, Major League Baseball fantasy analyst for ESPN and Roto Grinders. Uh, we will also look forward to uh, the NFL coming up later on next hour with Jeff Diamond, who's a sports and business consultant who joins us here uh, at around 9.30 Eastern. That'll be 6.30 Pacific. Of course, we're with you till 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, rather, 7 a.m. Pacific on Point Spread Sunday. All right, uh, we did this yesterday, and this was a lot of fun. I kind of enjoyed this little prop bet that we were looking at here in the NFL of which team uh, will will defeat this team first. The The teams we looked at yesterday were the Buccaneers, the Rams and the Packers and looked at odds at which team they're going to lose to first. And today uh, we'll have three more teams, the Broncos, 
the Chargers and the Chiefs, all AFC, we AFC West version uh, of this here today. Uh, and let's start with the Denver Broncos. Uh, as you look at their schedule and where they go, who is going to be the first team to beat them? Of course, they open up at Seattle in the Russell Wilson Bowl, if you will. Uh, and Seattle is going to be a bad team. And the spread has nothing to do with it, but it is worth noting that uh, Denver is going to be a four-point favorite at Seattle in that game in week one. Uh, that 49ers game you see there is in week three. Uh, because they play Houston in week two, and they're not likely to beat that team as you get plus 600. The Raiders in week four, uh, right now that game in Vegas scheduled to be a pick em. I love me some of the Las Vegas Raiders. You guys know that. That's probably where I would bet my money. This is one of the, you know, yesterday we looked at scenarios with the Rams, the, uh, the, the Packers, and the Buccaneers, all who have very tough week one opponents. Denver does not have a tough week one opponent. So you can really forecast out um, to week three when they play San Francisco and they're going to get them at home. And so I would look at the Raiders at plus 450 as the way to go here, because I think that they can beat San Francisco based off of their defense alone uh, and how much they'll be able to to control what Debo Samuel does, regardless of whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance. And if it's Trey Lance, I don't think Trey Lance is ready to face at Denver defense for four quarters and be able to contend with them. So, you know, the the Raiders uh, as a division opponent obviously will know this team well. You know, they, they are they are understanding the upgrade that they get with Russell Wilson at quarterback. But you know, it's a spot where you'll get the Raiders. And again, I don't know if that's a primetime game or not. I'd have to look. But if it's a primetime game, all the more reason to believe um, that the Raiders could win that game outright over the Denver Broncos. So that's where I would look for my money. If you can get all the way to Indianapolis in week five, it's not a bad bet either. Although Indianapolis has to go to Denver on the road. Uh, and Matt Ryan has never had much success in Denver as a quarterback. And then of course you get to the chargers at 13 to one in week six, also not a bad way to play that because uh, is it possible that the Broncos could start out five and zero with Russell Wilson? Yeah, it feels pretty good. All right, we'll go to the chargers there. Who will they lose to first? Of course, uh, they open up at the Raiders in week one, uh, and that's not even the, the heaviest favorite for this prop bet. It is the Chiefs in week two. So uh, according to this prop, it says that the Chargers get out of week one with a win as a four-point favorite over the Raiders. Uh, and that's interesting just because, again, I, I, I'm i not sure what to make of the Chargers. I'm not 100% sure what to make of Justin Herbert at this point in time. And that's not to say I don't think he's very talented, and I don't think from a talent perspective he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league. I do. I just kind of am a little bit skeptical of his ability to make this a deep playoff run team at this point in time. Um, again, it's not a, a reflection of his talent. It's just a uh, sort of I need to see a little bit more from him if I'm truly going to believe that that he's that kind of guy. So – um, this is a little bit more difficult. Uh, if you, Jacksonville in week three and Houston in week four, those look like easy wins. Maybe the best way to go is at Cleveland in week five, but still who knows who's going to be the starting quarterback for Cleveland at that point in time. Now, still, even if it's Baker, if it's Jacoby Brissett, no, I don't like it. If somehow Baker Mayfield is still taking snaps for the Cleveland Browns by week five, which at this point in time, might not be out of the realm of possibility. Uh, it's just hard to pick that game. But you do get to the Denver Broncos in week six as a possibility at well at 22 to one. And that is a very much a, a very, 
uh, juicy sort of value pick right there. But I just don't know uh, if they can last. This is one of those ones where they may not get at a week one or week two with the win. Heck, the Chargers could start out 0-2 uh, and, and find themselves in an 0-2 hole. And then we're talking about what the likelihood is of 0-2 teams to make the postseason. So I'm skeptical on the Chargers, but if they get through the first two weeks, you could not say the Broncos might not be a bad flyer to take at 22 to one uh, on the Chargers losing their first game. All right, finally, the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, as we look at this team and when they will lose their first game, they open up at Arizona. They're a three point favorite there. That's why it's a, a the, the shortest odds on Arizona at plus 140 for them to lose that game. I don't know. Look, again, Kansas City still has some defensive issues that they need to clear up. Um, they're a different team offensively without Tyreek Hill. So what does that look like? Uh, and and the Chargers have their, I'm sorry, the Cardinals rather have their own set of questions. The Chargers at plus 250 in week two. But again, it's at Arrowhead. So how much do you like that spot right there at Indianapolis in week three? I mean, you know, they got a pretty tough gauntlet until their bye week in the first six weeks. And just Oh, oh, by the way, overall, at Arizona, home for the Chargers, at Indianapolis, at Tampa Bay, home for the Raiders, and then home for Buffalo, which is a pick em, at San Francisco, which is scheduled to be another pick em, uh before their bye week. I mean, if Kansas City is 4-3 and three at their bye, no one should be surprised. Really, nobody should be surprised at all. I, and I wouldn't begin to try to predict who is going to be the, the four wins versus the three losses, but... Uh, that is not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and and then you look at the Titans uh, in week nine as their first loss at 100 to one. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty confident that Kansas City takes a loss within their first three games. It's just a question of who. Um, now, again, if they could survive the week four, Tampa Bay uh, as at four to one or 10 to one rather in week four, maybe the best value out of all of them thinking that they probably are a superior team talent-wise to Arizona, Los Angeles Chargers, and the Indianapolis Colts, and it's enough for them to win those three games. But I would say the Buccaneers in week four probably is the best way to go about that with your money. Um, if they get through the Buccaneers, I mean, the, the Raiders have sort of had the Chiefs' number a little bit um, over the past couple of years as far as being able to be competitive with them. Derek Carr um, is very much a guy who knows how to beat this Chiefs team. And who knows what this Chiefs team truly is going to be this year. That's the real thing. We're, we're, we're going to figure out things are going to look a little bit different for the first time, you know, since they went to back-to-back -back Super Bowls. So since that's the case, let's see what this offense looks like without Tyree Kill. I'm not insinuating that they're going to be a bad offense or they're going to struggle. It's just going to be different. Um, th their, their ability to take the top off the defense with Tyree Kill and, and – I'm sure that Andy Reid will find somebody who will do that, whether it's Nicole Hardman or or not. Uh, we'll see. But still, the offense may start to look a little bit different. But the cupboard is not empty by any stretch of the imagination when it comes to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and their offensive prowess. So uh, interesting set of props there for all three of those AFC West teams. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm curious to see. We left the Raiders out. You guys know, again, I, I keep pumping the Raiders as an undervalued team, I did it last year. I'll do it again this year, especially given the division that they play in. They're going to be looking like the ugly stepsister in the AFC West, and I guarantee you they're going to surprise some teams. So uh, this was a lot of fun. We'll continue to do this here on Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday going forward. Kind of keep those NFL fires warm 
for you. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we're going to get back into Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to talk with Derek Cardi of uh, ESPN and and uh, talk more about the winning streaks and how you're going to play the teams like the Braves and the Phillies who are riding these hot streaks. Uh, even the Los Angeles Angels who continue to win ball games uh, after their firing of Joe Madden and what that's done for them. So uh, we'll take that angle coming up next. Of course, we'll get back into Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Take a quick sneak peek of Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Finals, all coming up in Hour number 2. I'm Mark Zinno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Hour number 2 of Point Spread Sunday, coming up right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Stay with us. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether you're a novice or a seasoned veteran in the sports book, VSIN is here to help you improve your sports betting skills. VSIN has assembled the leading team of insiders and handicappers. Insiders and handicappers. Insiders and handicappers. Insiders and. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.